Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, she is Tam, and he is once again and always front row Kenny. What it do, Kenny? What it do, Renee? What's going on? How you guys doing? Feel like we haven't talked in ten days. <laughs> but I know it hasn't been. I know that it long. does it's seem been, like what, we haven't talked days? in a while. Well, actually, no, it has been ten days because we recorded the podcast right after the race last week. And we are a couple of, we're recording this podcast a couple of days after the race. So it's been over a week. I miss you guys. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> well, I, clearly nobody missed me. Nobody said I miss you back. Nah, we miss you too. I didn't realize it had been that long, honestly. I ain't feel that way. I don't know, maybe because we had a shorter weekend since the race was on Saturday. Well, Saturday, Sunday. Speaking of weekend, <laughs> I guess we should jump into it. I already know what. I did and what Renee did, of course, we'll share our weekend with you. But let's start with Kenny because, Kenny, I want to say I feel like you will hold this show and you will hold court or a track for this particular episode because I think you may be the only person who actually watched the race at Richmond. And I know that sounds bad as us, you know, supposed to be NASCAR diehard fans slash fake media, if you want to say that. (laughs) <laughs> and I know, I know I didn't watch the race, but I have a good excuse. And if Renee didn't watch it, he definitely has a good excuse as well. So before we even <laughs> divulge why we didn't watch the race, Kenny, tell us what the race was all about. Uh, it was a Richmond race, uh, first one of the season, or first one of, of this season. It wasn't too crazy. I know if you looked on Twitter after the race, there was a post calling the race a classic. I don't think that's the correct word for it. It wasn't bad. wasn't terrible. It was just really okay for Richmond. And it, it kind of sucks because I really grew up like in Richmond. It's just not the same or hasn't been the same in these past couple years. I don't know what it is, but just not the best. I mean, Martin Truex, glad he got that win. The only thing that even made it remotely interesting at the end was just the fact that there was lap traffic. That's pretty much Richmond in a nutshell, honestly. Okay, so we asked Kenny about his weekend, and he told us all about the race. So I'm assuming your weekend consisted of nothing but NASCAR. Is that a correct assumption? For the most part, um, yeah, that was like the gist of it. Okay. Got some new Jordans, though. Got some new Jordans, yeah, that was pretty oh, cool. Oh, wait, when I did bought you a meet pair Michael like Jordan? Years. When you went to the Hornets game? Um, I bought a pair on Friday afternoon. I went home early on Friday. I was going to order them online. The website I ordered them from. Oh, you bought a pair of Jordans. I thought you said you met Jordan. I was like, oh, you met Michael Jordan. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) I didn't even see. Actually, I didn't even see him at the Hornets game when I (laughs) went a few days ago. That's crazy you say that. But um, no, I bought a pair. So I got got her home early on Tuesday. I mean, on Friday. And I saw a pair that I wanted. I'm like, all right. So I'm going to order them online. They called me and said. Oh, well, your order gets canceled because X, Y, Z, our security system. I'm like, all right, just refund me my money. So I called a local place and they said they had one size 10. I drove straight up there, got my size 10, went on home. So that was pretty much my week. It wasn't too crazy. Renee. Well, got a pair of Jordans out of it. <laughs> right? And he went did, to, yeah, the, clean. to the Hornets <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah, that was cool last week. That was pretty fun. Never actually never covered an NBA game, quote unquote. I've been to a few, but that was pretty cool to see uh, Kimba Walker play probably his last game as a Hornet, unfortunately. Yeah, that was pretty cool to see. Okay, well, Renee, tell us all about Dallas, because that's where you were this weekend. Yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, Kenny. I was out in Dallas, and for all the listeners there, uh, everybody knows that I had probably have uh, 100 jobs, but uh, this weekend... <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> this weekend, I got to play job stand-up comedian, and uh, I was playing a club out in Dallas, but it was, and not just because it's Dallas and I love the city, um, and, and it's not just because I'm from the state of Texas, but more importantly, I just love doing stand-up, and I love being able to do stand-up in a place where uh, I get to see family that I don't normally get to see. And my nephew, uh, my o- older brother's uh, oldest kid, he came out to see me with a lot of his friends. And they made me look really good, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. 
I think he <laughs> showed up with about over 20 friends of his. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Did they pay or did you comp all those 20 tickets? I comped, I comped him and uh, four of his friends, and then the rest of them paid. So that was even more. Well, I guess let me let me backtrack. I guess that was just a better for for me and the club, only because it still made me look good, and the club still made money, which is what I would have liked in, from the get go. Anyway, either way it goes, we had a wonderful weekend. I was there Thursday through Saturday. I came back Sunday. I was. Initially trying to come back home, you guys, for and, and Tam may uh, kind of, uh, she, she may be able to understand what I'm talking about when I say this, but I was trying to get home in enough time where I could catch the, the season of Game of Thrones. I and know I, this. <laughs> and I missed it. I didn't get to watch any of it yesterday. So all of you Game of Throners out there, if there's any listeners that are Game of Throners, I didn't get to see it, but I hope it was a good one. I'm going to watch it right after this podcast is over. <laughs> And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. So uh, that was my weekend in a nutshell, guys. And uh, more importantly, I did get to uh, wake up and watch Tiger Woods win an incredible, incredible comeback win. And I know we're going to probably get into that. But, man, what what a weekend. What a weekend of just filled with excitement all over the place. Yes, I will keep it short. My weekend was most excellent. I did not watch the race at Richmond. I was not in Richmond. (laughs) Because I was at the Lone Beach Grand Prix, hanging out, checking out some IndyCar racing. I actually didn't catch all the IMSA and everything else, but I was down in Lone Beach at the Grand Prix on Saturday, and I was there all day Sunday. I arrived at the credential office at 6 a.m. on Sunday. I already had my credential, but I wanted to meet up with someone. So we met at 6 a.m. We did the track. And shout outs to everybody who I saw, who I'm cool with, from the Army recruiter guys who I talked to for at least an hour on two different occasions. (laughs) Shout out to my boy Nolan, who is the brand manager of Modal, which is a oil company. They're pretty much a European oil company that's breaking in to the United States. Well, they already have set up here, but most people, like if you're into formula or if you're in a motor GP or is that how you say it, Kenny? Cause I'm not into motorcycles, but if you're in uh, the yeah, motor GP, yeah, if you're in the motor GP and all that, you've probably seen motor before M O T U L shout out to them. We hung out at their booth in the Long Beach convention center before the race and a little bit during the race. Cause if you guys know anything about street racing, it's not exactly like you can see much. So after a while, get a little bored. I did have an opportunity and shout out to my friend who works for IndyCar who hooked up everything. Of course, I had full access to the pits in the garage area. I had a one track mine, which was finding Joseph Newgarden because that's my boot in my head. I love me some Joseph. So I got a chance to actually see him on the track. Here's a quick story, and it's a funny story. Women's hair, it just is what it is. Wasn't prepared for the morning mist or the fog, and my hair wasn't either, and I tweeted about this. I'm walking. This is about 7.30 in the morning. I'm just chit-chatting with my friend who I invited down to the race. I'm telling him, oh, I wish I had a hat. More importantly, I wish I would have wore jeans. And I was like, well, I know I have a couple of jackets as well as a pair of jeans in the car. Maybe I should go back to the car, but I don't have a hat. Randomly, out of nowhere, this guy drives up and hands me a hat. And he says, oh, I heard you say you needed a hat. Now, mind you, it's 730 in the morning. We were walking into the track for the IndyCar race when the pit guys were walking in. So that's how early it was in the morning when we got there. This guy hands me a hat. The hat is a trucker hat, trucker hat style. It says Ray Hall Letterman. I didn't really look at the hat because I was so thankful I just put the hat on. So as I'm walking down the track throughout the day on the pits, just hanging out in the garage, bumped into a couple of people I know. One of the guys from Shell was down there and he made a comment about my hat. Then I saw someone else. They made a comment. So only then I took it off to look at it. And I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool hat. Fast forwarding 
back to Joseph Newgarden, because there definitely is a connection with this hat and Joseph. I've waited for Joseph to come to the grid after they did driver's introduction. And I'm like, yeah, I'm about to go say something to Joseph. Because if you guys recall, I've hung out with him before. So it's not like I don't know him. And then I actually, so I've hung out with Joseph for, during a Formula One race. And then I saw him the last time I think I saw him was at Daytona. I saw him at a NASCAR race, which is weird. And he was like, I remember you. And I was like, oh, you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm making my approach. You know, it's kind of like the guy who sees a beautiful girl and he wants to talk to her. So he checks his breath to make sure everything is smelling good, looking good. And then I realized I have on the competitor's hat. Ah, So... Man, that's tough. I said, let me turn it to the back really quick. So I turn it to the back. I get my camera together. And as I am like, Joe, I didn't even get a chance to complete Joseph. He was snatched up just that quick. Of course, Roger Penske was standing right there. So, you know, the boss is on one side. People are talking to him. I'm like, ah, you know what? Okay, I'll have to see Joseph another time. That was my weekend. Hung out at IndyCar. For the Long Beach Grand Prix, and I did some other hanging out. I actually, Renee would be proud of me. I made Renee proud. I, I hit up a couple of bars, a couple of restaurants. I actually what? threw back a couple of <laughs> glasses of Tito's and pineapple. Okay. What? Okay. I had a pretty impressive weekend. I didn't rage like Renee, but it was pretty <laughs> impressive. And I do want to say count. one other thing before we jump into some NASCAR talk, and we should talk about Tiger as well. I have not seen Game of Thrones. I tried to watch some of it when I got home after having a couple of drinks. I was a little bit tired. I've only seen the beginning. As soon as I hit stop on this podcast, I'm going to hit my remote control and see what the hell is going on with Arya Starks, Jon Snow, okay, the Mother of Dragons and brand because if you guys are on social media (laughs) on sunday night every topic every trending topic worldwide was related to got as in the game of thrones tiger didn't have a chance he he trended earlier in the day but once game of thrones (laughs) came about it was all about game of thrones and of course we know nascar ran on saturday which was great for nascar because to be honest nascar We're diehard fans, but there's no way NASCAR would have been able to compete on Sunday because you had the Chinese Grand Prix with your boy Lewis Hamilton winning, which that actually came on. Or like, actually, okay, Renee, this is another proud moment. I was just getting home when the Chinese Grand Prix was getting started. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. I held my eyes open as long as I could to watch some of it, but I had to... um, (laughs) Well, no, I actually saw the, the the finish. I'm sorry. I did see the rest of it. I didn't see all of it, but I saw the rest of it. And uh, Tiger, Tiger like Woods, y'all. Tiger is NASCAR related because on NASCAR.com, there's actually a pretty interesting article that makes this correlation between the longest droughts in NASCAR history and the longest... Well, I guess Tiger's drought, because it was pretty darn long. Yeah. Anybody want to chime in on the article, Kenny, Renee? Because I know you guys read it. Oh, no, I read it. I have it up as I'm, as we speak, actually. Okay, well, shoot. <laughs> Talk about it, Kenny. Because, in fact, like I said, this your world, because we don't really have much to contribute when it comes to anything at Richmond. So, it's your <laughs> world. Talk about the drought. And then, should I even give you guys the top 10? At this point, I don't even think it's important. So, we'll just bypass that. All you guys need to know, and I'm sorry, I'm just rambling, cutting off Kenny as he's trying to talk. All you guys need to know, watch the recap video just like Renee and I did. Martin Truex Jr. ended his short track drought. Technically, like Dale Jr. said, Richmond is not exactly a short track, but it's been grandfathered in. He, as in Martin Truex Jr., ended his drought at short tracks. Now, going back to Tiger Woods and the longest drought, in nascar kenny the mic is all yours (laughs) yeah looking back through some of these droughts i think the one that i not completely remember but i know enough about was uh terry labani his was 156 races first that first win came in 99 and didn't get another one until 
2003, which was a pretty pivotal year for NASCAR since that was the year Winston left. They switched, they switched, um, to next from the regular day. points. Oh, wait. Was yeah, next went- after, immediately after Winston? Yeah, it was a. Uh, it went to Nextel first, and then it turned into Sprint once they switched the name. So, yeah, that was a pretty huge one, especially given the fact that that was also the year where they were getting ready to make a change in the schedule, with um, Darlington no longer being on on Labor Day weekend, which pissed a lot of people off at the time because people thought that. I mean, I'm not gonna say thought, but it is a tradition, and it's always been that way. And once NASCAR brought it back, of course, people have been pretty happy. But, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are also happy that it's at night and not in the middle of the day like it used to be in South Carolina, where you know it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That, that's like, I mean, sure. blazing. Like, it, it's crazy. Um, even even looking at Clint Boyer on this list, his streak ended last year with with um, a streak of 190. He finally got that win at Martinsville last year. That's your boy, Tam. So, yes, I know that I was, was a pretty there cool for it. We'll never forget because I hit Renee up and was like, your boy Clint Boyer messed around and won a race. I remember that. <laughs> I re- I was happy for him. And I, I, I'm not sure if I was more happy for Tam or happy for, Martin, <laughs> for, for Clint Boyer. I remember that. And uh, that, that was actually pretty exciting to see Clint finally uh, in that drought. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I actually have one guy on this list on VHS winning, that, winning the race. Um, Bill Elliott, his streak was 226 races. That win before 2001 came in 1994 at Darlington. He won in 01, and I think this was the year he was, I think that was the same year he retired full-time at least, and he won the final race of the season in 01. So that was a that was an interesting one on the list, but 226 races without winning? Man, that's crazy. That's pretty wild when you think about Awesome Bill from Dawsonville won his last race in 2001. Like, who was Jimmy Johnson even racing in 2001? He was, yeah. Who else was, was um, Kevin Harvick racing 2001? Kevin Harvick was because he had replaced, he had replaced, um, Dale Earnhardt. Yep. So he was there. Kevin Harvick was there. I think, uh, Kenny Wallace was still racing full time. I was referring to drivers that are still racing now. Still racing now? Yeah. So I, it would only Man. be Jimmy and Kevin. Yeah. Jimmy and Kevin, yeah, I think. Because Ryan Newman. It. He's the only other, and I don't want to use the word old because they're not technically like old, old, but, (laughs) and that was just off the top of my head. Or maybe Kurt Busch, but no, because Kurt's not that old. Is Kurt Busch even 40? Yeah, Kurt Busch. No, Kurt Kurt is 40. No, Kurt did race in, oh, he did race in Cup in 01. He wasn't full time. He became full time in 02. Okay. Mm. Wow. It's crazy. So some interesting facts Um, about drafts. Yeah. Or drafts. (laughs) About, uh, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, drought. drought. Not draft, <laughs> drought. but a drought. Okay. Oh. Let's see what else is going on. It's pretty crazy looking at that list, though. Going back to that, I'm actually glad you um you thought about using that. That's, that's different. But uh, just to confirm, yes, in 2001 was actually his first full-time. Not two, 2000 was his first season in Cup. Um, Not full-time. Kurt Busch. So he was also out there in 01. Same, same year Bill Elliott won, which is crazy to think. Wow. When you think about how the generations overlapped, who raced with who, it's pretty mind-boggling. I mean, even if you think about, like, the NBA, because there's a whole era that is completely gone, like, with the retirement of Dirk and, well, see, to me, like, I don't really feel as if Dwayne Wade's era overlapped but Kobe for instance because Kobe had played with Allen Iverson yeah and Allen Iverson was still in the league when Michael Jordan was playing or Kobe was still in the league when Michael Jordan was playing for that matter but like you look at LeBron like I guess LeBron's been in the league 14 years if I'm not mistaken but his 14 years doesn't really overlap with anybody who I would consider iconic because that whole era of the Jordans, they were gone. The, you know, they've been gone 20 some years. <laughs> Technically, Kobe, to me, was maybe the last of the last. Yeah. It certainly looks that way. I mean, when you put it like that. Vince Carter is the only one left from like Vince. the 90s, I think. That's it. Is he's he the still, last one. Is he st- yeah, he's still playing, isn't he? Yeah, he's like the last one out the 90s. Like, it's crazy. I agree with you, though, on um 
one about Wade. It's a little different with him. And same with LeBron in this, because they came in in that 03 class, which is pretty much the best class of this generation virtually. And those players are now getting up in age a little bit, like your Carmelo Anthony. But nobody's you know, left LeBron. because Carmelo, yeah. uh, he technically been done. He just didn't get the memo. <laughs> but yeah, I forgot Vince Carter. I just have to say yeah. half man, half amazing. You guys yes, have no ideal. Vince Carter was everything when he first came into the league. I'll never forget. This bus had drove down the street and it had a billboard. It was an ESPN billboard, if I'm not mistaken. And it had him in a limo. And he was kind of like laid up in the limo with his leg up. And I said, who that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Vince, Vince Carter, Carter with them Nike shocks. Iconic. Yes. Yeah, iconic. Mr. Air Canada. Yes. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. T-Mac, about too. T-Mac. It's oh, mind-boggling man. to me that T-Mac is in the NBA Hall of Fame. No disrespect, but ugh, that's a questionable call. That's just my opinion. Somebody else may disagree, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> Sticking on Richmond or going back to Richmond, your boy Joey and Brad. I, again, didn't watch the race, but I did hear because I saw some chatter about Joey and Brad. Pretty much, Joy has something to say about Brad. Did you hear the radio, Kenny? Or did you, Renee, did you even listen to it? Yeah, I heard what he said. Uh, and I caught it, like I said, and I'm like with you. I, I didn't get to catch the race just because I was so busy. But uh, I went back and, and looked it up. And, uh, and I actually listened to it. I actually listened to what Joey said. I'm surprised he didn't curse at all. But, uh, yeah, I just thought it was funny. You know, <laughs> I, just, I thought it was funny. I, Kenny, did you get to listen to that as it was being played out, or did you have to go back and listen to it, too? Now, I watched that live, but I still was so confused of why he was so mad. I don't know if he was mad because he raced him hard or what. It's funny because he ended up finishing second anyway. So. Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> what I thought was confusing. I was like, okay, like I kind of get it, but I'm like, why is he making it sound like, like worse than what it really was? Well, I don't think it was that bad, honestly. And he fin- they both finished in the top ten. That's the thing. It has to blow over because they're teammates and neither one of them are going anyplace anytime soon. Yeah, true. I'm sure it will, though. Honestly, where does Joey go? Not saying nobody would want him because he is a hell of a driver, but it's always Joey and Brad, Joey and somebody. I saw the post-race footage of Martin Truex Jr. sitting with coach Joe Gibbs and somebody asked him, were him and Joey okay? And he was like, man, I don't know. And this refers back to their dust up last year at Martinsville. It's always Joy versus somebody. Yeah. It was Joy <laughs> and Denny. Now it's Joy and Brad. And again, I know that it's just track stuff, but Joy, Joy, Joy. And I'm not talking about Joy as in Joy from NSYNC that stepped on the stage <laughs> with Ariana Grande for Coachella. Coachella. Side note. Hey, I say Coachella. I don't care how to pronounce it because it's done. <laughs> and I, I got a question for you, Renee. Yeah. Do you think that it's done? Like, it's like I, I, people are like, oh, it was the greatest performance. Really? I would never go to Coachella to see Ariana Grande and NSYNC. Like, really? Yeah. How you go from having Radiohead and Prince and iconic people too and not the in sync well first of all it was in sync without justin timberlake so that's a whole nother story but really like uh, <laughs> yeah i don't know i feel like it takes out the essence of the yeah festival. i don't know if uh i would consider that an iconic band or group or whatever the case may be i'm just not in that generation so maybe i'm looking at it from uh, a, a different point of view maybe somebody who grew up with the backstreet boys and in sync Maybe see something different, but tearing long, up my heart when yeah, I'm exactly. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong; I like the music, but as long the, the, my outlook on it, since I am a party connoisseur and <laughs> rager connoisseur, I, as long <laughs> as you have other bands, groups, DJs, uh, somebody, uh, rap artists, as long as you have somebody else there or a good handful of other people there that are on that iconic level right now or even back then, then it makes it worth it because I may not have gone to see 
Ariana Grande per se, and I'm I'm using my fingers as in quotations, you know what I mean? I might not have gone to Coachella to see her specifically, but I would have gone if there were, you know, depending on what the lineup is. And that's why the lineup is so significant when you go to places like that. You want to make sure that you're just not going to see those kind of types of bands all day and all night, because then you go, all right, you know what? I'm not going to that. You got to come, <laughs> you got to come with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just won't come at all because uh, that I'm not really sure. Yeah. Okay. Nobody wants that. I'm sure our listeners are like, what has this conversation in this particular episode been about? Calm down. <laughs> We're about to talk some NASCAR. And this is not even really NASCAR because. I guess we need to acknowledge your boy Jimmy Johnson ran in the Boston Marathon. Yeah. How about that? I saw a little bit of that video and uh man he look, he looked good but but he looks a lot better in a stock car I'll be honest with you. <laughs> okay, here's a curveball question. Okay. For both of you guys. If Jimmy wasn't so concentrated with being on that bike and running the marathon, do you think he would race better? Uh, nah, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think it had anything to do with that. Is it a safe, not necessarily question, but is it a safe statement that he could possibly be spread too thin with outside activities and not enough uh, focus on the track? Well, I don't know. He's been working out like that for, for a while. Yeah, yeah but training say, for the Boston Marathon is a whole nother beast. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's okay. possible because that is, that does take a lot of training, uh, and it does take a lot of training where you have to focus on your body. You got to focus on your stamina. You got to focus on just trying to make sure that you finish the race. Uh, maybe not even, well, you do want to finish the race. That's for sure. But you want to finish the race and not like come up with any like injuries, especially with a guy like Jimmy Johnson, who knows that he's still in the midst of, uh, the early part of this NASCAR season. And he still has to get behind that, that, you know, that wheel and and get on the track. So it might have played a little bit of part, but I don't think it's a big, a big significant part. Okay, well, moving on. I won't say anything else. We could actually talk about Talladega. We have a bye next week. Just reminding you guys, one, make sure to hit subscribe if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave us a comment. Every comment helps the podcast. So please leave us a comment wherever you are listening to this. And this was kind of an unscheduled announcement, but I feel as if maybe we'll take a bye next week because next week is Easter and NASCAR is off. So since NASCAR is off, I guess we should take a week off. So we'll give you guys our predictions for Talladega today, but don't expect a podcast next week. Because we deserve a week off. Although technically Renee and I did take a week off this week. Well, we're going to take another week off. And we're going to come back fresh and ready to talk NASCAR. Not that we're not always ready to talk NASCAR. But yeah, we're going to take a week off. So last but not least, before we get to predictions for Talladega, my boy, everybody boy, ladies love smoke, Tony Stewart. He up in the mix, got something to say, talking about NASCAR and the issue with the young drivers. Did you read that? Anybody? I did not. Did. Wait, how did you not read the article, Renee? I sent it to you to read. What happened? You know, I was... (laughs) I was trying to read it, trying to. I just didn't. I just didn't okay, have the time to well, read it, and I was like, "Okay, I'll just have to. I'll have to go with the flow when we start talking about it." Well, don't, well, read it while Kenny's telling you his thoughts, because I I know he has a lot to say about it. So you read it, okay? Then you all can right, tell your, share your thoughts. So Kenny, <laughs> what say you? Yeah, I really can't believe I missed the story for one. I just it swept under it swept under me. Maybe it was all the Game of Thrones talk. I don't know. I didn't even watch it, but. <laughs> What Tony Stewart had to say about the youth movement, it's it's in, it's an interesting comment because I think it, during his era of NASCAR was the time where that really started to become a thing. Like when you think about a Jeff Gordon who came in at like 20, 20, 20, 20 or 21 years old, um, his uh, protege and quote, Casey Atwood, who was supposed to be the next Jeff Gordon, he came in at 19 years old in, into the Cup Series. You know, people like that have try their hand in NASCAR so young, it keeps happening and happening. I'm not sure if it's just the case because some of these kids have a lot of money. 
They can get a car. Because if you got money, you got a car. That is what you need. And it's always been that way. Don't get it twisted. That's the only thing I don't agree with Tony on. It's just the fact that like this is something brand new. It's nothing new like at all. It's not new. We've had time and time again where there's a guy who may be able to buy a ride. There's a one driver in particular who people in the Xfinity series aren't, who people are fans of the Xfinity series don't really like too much, who was an 18 on Friday, Riley Herbst. A lot of people talk about him because he has a lot of money. He's been in a car, hasn't performed as well as what most people would think. He's in Gibbs equipment, hasn't won anything in ARCA, hasn't done anything in Xfinity yet. Hasn't done anything in the truck series, and a lot of people are very critical of people like him, for example. Not knocking him, but it's just the where, the way we are at. You have to have money anyway. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I would love to find the person to tell me that it's just a cheap dime and you can get in a race in this day and age. There's no way in the hell you can tell me. And even back in the day, you still had to have money. You couldn't just go put together a $2 car and expect to win on win on Sunday. Yeah. It just didn't work that way, like, at all. Like, at all. It, it's crazy to me, but I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the people that get in these cars just aren't as fiery or don't have that personality. But there's no guarantee that you get a guy that's working hard as hell, like Ross Chastain, for example, and he's going to just automatically have a fiery personality. People still like him, but he's not fighting anybody like Kyle Busch. He's not going at nobody like that. People genuinely like his story. I just want to interject because you said something about personality. For those who want to check out the article, we'll make sure to link it on our website, allturnsnobreaks.com. And this article is from USA Today. Now, ironically, you brought it up personality. There was another article last month, and whoever's at USA Today, they must have a pipeline directly to Tony Stewart <laughs> because they also wrote an article regarding Tony Stott on NASCAR's lack of personality. And I just want to read a quick quote from the man, Ladies Love Smoke, really quick. Quote, they've got to get drivers that have personality, period. It's great having opportunities to drive cars, but shoot. They're not even old enough to go to a bar and they're trying to make these 18-year-old kids heroes. Now, that's just the first part of the quote, but it's so on par to this particular article that we're referencing that came out a couple of days ago. It came out in April. This article that I'm reading the quote from came out in March. He goes on to say, I'm still a race fan too. And it's hard for me to embrace somebody who's just graduated high school and they're driving a cup car. What have they done to really legitimately earn their opportunity? This goes back to what you just said, Kenny, about, oh, you have money, you have a car. He also goes on to say, there's hundreds of thousands of race car drivers across the country that have clawed and scratched their way at Saturday night short tracks and worked on their cars all their life to get where they are. Then you get kids with rich fathers and deep pockets that put them in race cars. Now that particular last sentence, I don't want to start a pot, but hmm, he has a driver that races on his team who daddy has deep pockets and he came in a cup car that quote unquote was vacated by our uncle cousin who there was no plans of retirement, but all of a sudden he got in that car and now he's in another car. But you guys know who I'm talking about. I'm going to leave it at that. Nonetheless, the article, I just want to finish up reading this because it's some good stuff. You know, Tony is a quote machine and he has a lot of personality. He goes on to say, (laughs) all of a sudden, because they're 18 years old, they think they deserve to be in a cup car. I have a hard time with that. I think there are drivers out there with the experience and personality that makes race fans want to follow them. That's what's lacking in NASCAR. This is the fourth season of this podcast. The first two seasons, what did I always talk about? (laughs) Personality. What did I say NASCAR was lacking? Personality. Okay. The boss man, love him or hate him, he provokes some emotion from you. So that's always a good sign. Whether you love or hate, like this, ugh, 
You see, I'm fired up. I'm sorry. Let me bring it back down. Mm -hmm. I done got on 10. Let me bring it back down to seven. Y'all say what (laughs) y'all want to say about Kyle Busch, but the sport would miss him if he left. You want to know why? Because personality, he sparks some emotion. You either love him or hate him. Let's just keep it 100. Who misses Casey Kane? Nobody. You don't even hear Casey Kane's name. You want to know why? Because the guy lacked a lot of personality. You want to know why we miss Dale Jr.? personality because yeah Dale Jr. wasn't rah-rah but he was likable people loved him and yeah a lot of that came from fans that were fans of his dad but nobody can deny that Dale didn't have personality who else retired that we don't miss because they didn't have personality who else retired that that we I mean low-key nobody really misses Jeff Gordon I'm gonna just put it out there because we said that this season of the podcast was going to be unfiltered. Nobody really misses Jeff Gordon. Let's keep it 100. Somebody may argue, but no, you you know what? You miss what he, his value to the track, meaning that he can race. But personality, we already see what's going on in the booth now. And now y'all going to get rid of DW, the personality. How that's going to go <laughs> next year? How that's going to go <laughs> next year? fired up. <laughs> No, I'm just keeping it 100. Let's go back to the first season. One of the first episodes we did of this podcast, I compared DW to Jeff Gordon. I said, DW is like beer and Jeff Gordon is like fine wine. And it's no disrespect to either, but who you want to go hang out with? We're Hollywood. We live in LA. We (laughs) rage, whatever. You know, we may be a little refined, may want to drink some wine, go up to wine country. But at the end of the day, if you was having a party, you want to hang out with the wine drinker or the beer drinker. Who are you going to have more fun with? Well, probably the beer drinker. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so that's all that I'm saying. And again, this is no respect to anybody. This is just calling it out. I'm not even calling it out. I'm co-signing on what Tony Stewart said. It ain't nothing that I haven't said for three seasons of this podcast. NASCAR is lacking in personality. It goes back to even when I talked about Old Spice using Corey LaJoy face on the car and what else happened it, no it was something else that happened and they used some other driver and i was like really like who has personality you got one fiery guy well no you have more than one but you don't have many you know daniel stewart he daniel stewart i'm sorry daniel suarez <laughs> Dan, daniel is fiery he he already showed that he, he well he went up well he did win that fight but i'm talking about when he ran up and had to had to drop somebody but then oh, yeah. I have to say, you you guys, NASCAR, I'm just, I don't know. I could go on and on, but all I just have to say is Tony is 100% right. How you going to grow the sport without personality? Who is the damn villain aside from Kyle Busch? Yes, that's... Um... If Kyle Busch walked away right now today, where would NASCAR be? I know the sport's going to go on, but it's just going to be like, oh. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's well, you do make a strong point. That's it's hard to argue. I'll be honest with you. I just yeah, think, uh, yeah. You know, you know what yeah, it is. I think. Oh, I, oh. Let me not disrespect my man Clint Boyer. Just let me let me put that out there because that's oh, the yeah, personality. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, Clint Boyer definitely has a personality. Uh, he definitely belongs up there with with one of the uh, very few drivers that do have personality. I think maybe the only older guy that's been driving that really doesn't have much of a personality that really shows emotion like that is Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman's just kind of like monotone. He's just kind of there. He's just going to give you an answer. He's just compared to like somebody like Clint Boyer, compared to somebody like Kyle Busch, Ryan Newman is just, he's bland. He's, well, uh, it's like, okay, you know, this steak's pretty good, but I could have used some A1 sauce to be honest with you. You know what I mean? So, I mean, <laughs> like I said, I would never, you know, want to tell Ryan Newman that in his face, boy, because that guy will show me what kind of personality he really has, and I, that's not where I well, want to Well, we've go. already settled that argument. When has anybody ever seen him fight? Yeah. Find me a video of Shoot, him throwing some fists. The only person fists. he tried to fight was Joey Logano. That's it. Like, way back, like, way, way back when. Right, but if there, but if there was an answer to your question, Tam, like you know, who is the other villain besides Kyle Busch? And if he walks away, well, then you know, you probably would have to look at Joey Logano to be the to be the new bad guy, only because he's always in the mix of bad and dumb stuff. You know what I mean? But uh, I but totally Joy understand what you're saying, Tam, and, and you make a very you make a very good argument. It's hard, it's and it's hard to disagree with that. So uh, you know, I, I I see where you're coming from. Okay, y'all done got me all riled up. Should we just go on to some predictions? Are you guys want to talk more about Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) 
You you okay with that, Kenny? Predictions or you you want me to? I just look. Like, I, I I had one. to bring it back down to two. Nah, nah, it's cool. Because I was on ten. Nah, it's cool. I just got one quick thing before we uh, hop into predictions. Go ahead. It's, I just it's your think world. That, <laughs> I just think that it's like way more to it. Yeah, the personalities do make a difference. That that's some cool. That was some cool stuff to witness. You know, with even at Richmond, we can go back in time. Kevin Harvick, I remember a time where he was about to fight. I think Ricky Rudd. This was like 2002. They were getting ready to fight like one pit road. Like he jumped on this man's car. Like it was that wild. I wish, yeah, we had more of that, of course. That's always entertaining. I just think it also is uh, another thing to add to that is the on-track product. That's another thing that's like something that we're still kind of lacking at. It's been a decent season, but I'm, I still think we're lacking. I, I do think that's important. Like, I do really think that's part of it. Like, I really wish Saturday night came down to a bumper to Martin Truex because if there was anybody that was going to get that done to, he's a nice guy. I'm sorry. If Boyer got to his bumper, I guarantee you, he probably would have moved him out the way. That would have been crazy. <laughs> like, no, seriously, he's the only one out of yep. that, that top three bunch. I would have thought would have moved him out the way and that race would have been, been like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. But I just wish the product was better. I just wish they would take the goddamn downforce. Like, off the car, make the cars be more so on edge so you can really see who the hell can drive. That's what the sport was built on. That right there. Literally. Who can drive the hell out of that car? That's what we want to see. Yeah. That's how you get the best product on track. That's what makes short track racing, quote unquote, for Richmond's sake. That's what makes it great. Literally. You fix that first. You got to fix that. You got to fix that. Kenny, I agree you with you. You can have all the personality you want. You know, I agree with you to an extent, because at the end of the day is that how many world renowned drivers you have and people don't know their name and don't care. I get that. What gets people up? And, and you know, if you're a diehard race fan and a diehard NASCAR fan, yeah, you want the on track product to be great. But the on track product can be great. But if you got a driver that is behind the wheel when they get in front of the media, don't have nothing to say and don't spark no emotion. Nobody really cares. That's just real talk. I mean, you think about Scott Pruitt. Who knows Scott Pruitt aside from people who are in the racing world? But again, that's what kind of, I understand Scott Pruitt's case. I get that. But again, that product is what sparks any of what we've ever seen. Anything but it's we've seen, also, Tony, it's Tony, not, Tony, this but, is a new era, Kenny. Uh, not to cut you off, but no, this is a new era. We're living in what, a social no, media no, era. Bro. And then too, you got to look at what's going to still sell sponsorship. If I'm throwing a million dollars for a sponsorship to endorse some guy, that guy better be able to sell my product. See, where NASCAR is a sport that goes around because of sponsorship. So you think it, about how the lack of money is becoming apparent in NASCAR where sponsors are pulling out, whether it's Target or who have you. And, and I mean, just take Target, for instance. Target sponsored Kyle Larson. Is Kyle Larson really got a personality to make people go shop at Target? No. Absolutely okay, not. I get that. And I mean, I hate they to just break of, it down on a simple level, but I'm just keeping it honest. We're in a different era. And because NASCAR is a sport that is based on sponsorship. Yes, it is very important. We got to get the on-track product together. However, we got to get people behind the wheel that know how to sell and have personalities. Clint Boyer is amazing because you don't know Clint Boyer, but you want to know who Clint Boyer is. You're like, oh, that guy is funny. You don't have to know much about NASCAR, but you know if you come across Clint Boyer, whether you're in a bar or you see him on TV, for instance, I love the mobile commercials with the little Kevin Harvey. But when they added Clint Boyer, it became like, okay, who is that guy? That's all that I'm saying. It, it, it's a two-way thing. And I 100% agree with, with Tony Stewart. We got to get some personality because without that personality, it's dying. It's one thing if you have Jimmy Johnson going in a boardroom well-groomed guy, handsome guy. But now you talk about somebody who needs to help this company 
reach millennials and open up bank accounts. That is two different things. I, I get that. That's but, it. But this is yeah. one thing for that sake of that argument, right? I think with the sponsorship as well. You know how you brought up Target? You know where Target went with all their money for motorsports? You know where they went? They went to the MLS. That's where they went. Wow. I can probably guarantee you that what they're paying to do the stuff in the MLS is probably a thousand times cheaper than it is to put money on a cup car or yes, an Indy car. And guess what? But that's part of it, though. That's what I'm saying. But also, I guess don't think what? that conversation has been had, though. You know, that's also in terms of how much it costs to do this. There was a time where you could probably charge somebody that price. We're in a different era. We're in a completely different era. Just like you said, that's part of that. So I think that's something also to consider. But even going back to that, how many M&Ms are, are they really selling because of Kyle Busch? Like, re- like, it, does that really line up? A guy like that line up with a, with candy, a evil guy, quote unquote, and candy. Those two things don't think those two things necessarily line up. You well, see, so I mean? you looking at him as an evil guy. But before I even address the Kyle Busch, I want to go back to the target thing. Two things you may points on or one thing you may point on that I want to address and add something to it. The activation is what takes up a lot of the sponsorship. So yeah, they're saving money with MLS, but they're also now aligned with their target demographics because those people are more likely to shop at Target. And, and again, not, I mean, everybody shops at Target, so that's not necessarily say a it's fair. super general, you know? That's just my thing with that. It's just like a super general store, like you said. Yeah. Like Target. That's what I was going to say. You know? So, But at the end of the day, I can save money and get a different audience, then why not? That's all I'm saying. And in regards to Kyle Busch and the Eminem, personally, Kyle Busch, I think, does a great job in and is a great brand ambassador for Eminem. That's just I think my Snickers. Thing. I, I would think of him and Snickers. And it's not, it I doesn't come M&M, across you know? fake like the people with their, oh, let me drink my Coca-Cola because I'm on TV and I didn't really take a sip of it, but I just made you think I took a sip of it. Like, who really drinks a Coca-Cola when they get out the car? You've been in a car dehydrated, <laughs> done lost 20 pounds for 500 miles, and you taking a sip of Coca-Cola. I'd be asking for a bottle of smart water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm too, just gonna leave Coca-Cola that. Coca-Cola is the only thing available. I'm drinking the Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave that right there because we have talked enough. It's so funny. This podcast took a life of its own. We're going on an hour again. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. Oh, you got. Renee, and then Kenny, and then I'll chime in. All right, so we're going to be at Talladega in two weeks. So I'll be honest with you, I I am going to go with a driver that is normally never on my radar. Um, a, a a driver who I don't uh I don't think I've ever picked. Well, you know, I have picked him uh in in a couple of races before, but but I I hardly ever call this guy's name, ever call his number, but for some reason. I'm feeling this guy, and uh, I honestly believe that this is my guy for Talladega. I'm picking Kurt Busch to win Talladega. I'm looking for Kurt Busch to come into victory lane and really surprise a lot of people. If I had to go with an alternative pick right off the bat, I might go with his brother, Kyle. Uh, But I'm not even really sold on Kyle for Talladega either. I'm actually probably going to go, and I keep I keep reverting back to him, but um, I I might say that maybe it might be Kevin Harvick time. Uh, I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick as uh, my alternative, but I see Kurt Busch winning Talladega, and I go with vibes. And you, and, and Tam, you know this more about me than anything else, but I don't know why I'm feeling Kurt Busch on this one. But but Kurt Busch is my guy, and Kevin Harvick is my my alternative pick. Those are my picks, and I'm sticking to them. How about you, Kenny? All right, we're going to Talladega, biggest track in NASCAR, 2.66 mile, tri-oval, crazy. I think for Talladega, obviously, it's a wild card, so I'm going to go with someone who I think people would really like, actually, to win there. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott, to take a win at Talladega. I think that's a pretty popular win, a pretty popular face to win at Talladega. And then I'm going to go with a wild card pick. Got to pick at least one forward, and I'm actually going with Tam's guy, Clint Boyer. 
as my alternative pick at Talladega for the Geico 500. What are your picks, Tam? You talked about Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott is not my pick. And you know who else is not my pick? Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Because there's this false narrative that he's like this <laughs> expert on, on, well, I guess, no, it's not, no longer restrictor plates. Oh Cause we didn't God, even talk man. about the package. That's a whole nother story. Saying that to say neither one of them are my picks. I do believe Chase could get the pole because he's been pretty great at Talladega mm-hmm. as well as Daytona when it comes yeah, to yeah. securing poles. So I will give him the pole. That's about it. I'm not going to give you guys a history lesson because, as we know, Talladega is unpredictable. So no need to give you a history lesson. I will say this, just a refresher. We raced twice a year at Talladega. Our last winner for the October 2018 race was Eric Amarola. And the April race last year was your boy, Joey Logano. Renee brought up Kurt. Kurt is rattling in my head as I want to pick him, but I'm not really quite sure. New team, equipment, I'm not really seeing nothing. He's He's been running great, but I don't know if he can close the deal. Who I am going to pick is either Brad Kozlowski or Joy Logano. I just haven't decided if I want to go with Bad Brad or Joy. I think Joy is just mixing it up with everybody. So I feel as if he may be able to pull it off. And I mean, let's face it, he's won a few times at Talladega and Brad has as well. So either one of them, I think, would be a safe pick, not because of their history at Talladega, but because they are, you know, the Penske team. Penske is doing great this season. So I am going to pick Joy Logano as my winner and I am going to keep it in the family not as in the Bush family, because I'm not a part of that family, but our family here at All Turns No Breaks, I'm going to co-sign on Renee's pick, and I'm going to pick Kurt Bush as my alternative. And like I said, Chase can have the pole. Ah. <laughs> Chase, you're giving Chase the pole. And I almost picked, Kenny, I'm going to be honest with you, I almost picked Chase. I don't know why. I was about to say Chase, and I said, you know what? As we're sitting there just kind of talking about it, and I'm thinking about my predictions, I go, you know what? I'm going to go with Kurt Bush. I almost went with Chase, and I know, Kenny, a lot of times that you're on our show, we we always kind of just kind of tend to have the same opinions and have the same thoughts, <laughs> and especially when it comes to the same picks, but I'm glad that we had something different this time. Those are our picks. Those are Kenny's picks. Those are Tam's picks, and those are my picks. If you got a pick that you'd like to share with us, hit us up on our social media, like Tam always says. Please do us some good and do yourself some good. And go subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please leave us a comment. We really do appreciate that. And for all of us here at All Turns No Breaks, we really do appreciate all our listeners listening to us on a regular basis. Thank you for sharing All Turns No Breaks with your friends or family or whoever likes NASCAR. Thank you so much. But please uh, have them go and subscribe to our podcast. It really means a lot to us. For Tam, myself, Front Row Kenny, always on the show. We always appreciate and love to have you on our show. Thank you for coming in. For all three of us here, we will talk to you next week on another episode of All Turns No Breaks. Bye-bye. Bye. We out of here. And don't forget, we're taking a bye. See you after Talladega. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 